0: We're we're all doctors now. That's <laughs> <laughs> idiots. Um, it, are we gonna is it, are we gonna keep it funny? Yeah. I mean, we're Siri. We're doctors.
1: <laughs> are you so, can doctors be funny? That's the question. We like this. <laughs> it's kind of one of those things. It's like duck. You know, you see a duck the water, right? The duck looks like it's cool, but the duck's freaking working hard under the water. I'm working hard, freaking hard. That's how hard places. We look cool, but we're working hard. You are now listening to the Duck Legs Podcast. Now we are doctors of physical therapy, still bringing the raw content, not holding anything back. We're going to laugh, we're going to love, we're going to cry, we're going to touch each other in some very sensitive places. The bullshit that you're about to hear is definitely not any kind of medical advice, and you should not listen to this at all. This is for entertainment purposes only, and we say that loosely. All right, let's... (laughs) Perfect place to hit record now. Before we get too much into into all my hip-hop stuff, before you make fun of everybody that I love to listen to, (laughs) let's get some introductions out the way. The main the main attraction here, so you already know me, I'm Jared Aguilar. I'm a physical therapy student. I'm a I'm a, a regular host on here. You know Tyler Adams, shout out. Uh hello. Hello. I'm and not gonna a,
0: give any more.
1: <laughs> that's all they get from Tyler. And and you know Trace. Trace has been on a, a bunch of episodes by now, right? Yeah, what's going on? And, but you may not know this new person who is going to be a new uh, co-host here on the Duck Lux Podcast. Shout out to Alia.
2: Yes. Hello. Thank you for having me.
1: And could you, well, we're going we're gonna to give you your time to just give a whole episode dedicated to you, Alia, and your greatness, but could you give a brief, brief little summary of who you are and why you're important?
2: Oh, wow. Sure. Well, uh, I am a new grad physical therapist. And I'm currently working in a skilled nursing facility, um, loving working with the older people. They're so much fun. Um, and I guess one little tidbit about me is that it took me four years versus three years to finish PT school because I took a year off to do some stand-up comedy and improv.
3: What? what? Yeah.
2: That is
1: the way to do it. In- <laughs> And as, as Tyler and I can attest to, we're, we're right there with you with the four-year program because we're in that part-time program as well. But enough about us. We have one of my favorite people on the planet here, Senior Old Does Not Equal Weak, <laughs> the, from the fabulous Senior Rehab Podcast,
4: Dustin Jones, ladies and gentlemen.
3: <laughs>
4: so dramatic. So dramatic! Thank, thank you for the warm welcome, Jared. You're you're one of my favorite people as well. You're you're probably one of the the uh, de- de- most deceitfully buff people I've met, <laughs> um, compared to how I perceive you online. Because every every time I see you, it's kind of the shoulder up. And then yeah. I I saw you on the street at CSM, and I mean you were you're about to rip your sleeves, man. If you bend your elbow anymore, oh, wow. thanks,
1: man. I don't I don't have a buff voice. I try to I try to sound like I'm a a skinny twerp.
4: I like that, De- deceive him, man. Yeah, him. dude. It was it was
1: probably my my favorite moment down there at CSM. I wasn't there for the whole event, but my favorite moment was randomly running to you, running into you in the streets in New Orleans. That was that, just
4: awesome. That that was that was a lovely thing. That was, I think that was pre Bourbon Street shenanigans. So I I do recall uh, <laughs> like, that, that interaction. It was Good. awesome. Are you an advocate of uh, older adults traveling down Bourbon Street? Uh, man, that is, I wouldn't even recommend that for a young person. That place is the most insane thing I've ever experienced in my life. So, uh, yeah, I don't recommend it to anybody, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's is crazy. Souls are lost
1: on Bourbon Street. Yes. Yes, I think Tyler can attest to that, as he experienced that as well for the first time.
0: <laughs> yes, I agree. But old people are—they're hardy, right? I think that I think somebody a little bit older could handle it a little bit better than me. I'm so young and fragile. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, that's true. They're they're old, but they might, may not be weak. So yes, they, they could yes. handle uh, you know their booze a little better. Probably this- they could handle some of those uneven. Uh, you know, bricks and sidewalks and curbs. Yeah. Um, Yeah, young bucks like me, I I, I struggle, honestly. And they've seen it all. That's true. (laughs) Nothing's new to them. That's very true. Yeah. All right,
0: Jared, start us off, sir. Give us a good kickoff. You got a good question lined up?
1: You know, we've got a bunch of good questions lined up, but all I want to talk about is Migos and Lil Yachty with show Jones.
3: (laughs) Yeah, let's do that.
1: So, before we hit record, we were talking about some amazing work you're doing with some refugees.
4: Well, I, I mean, I wouldn't call it amazing work. They, they're just, they're kids that, yeah, I mean, they they were refugees at one point. They were born in all these different places around the world, and they en- ended up, uh, a lot of them ended up being in Lexington, Kentucky, and it's just kind of like an after-school program. So they basically grew up in the U.S., Um and you know we do all kinds of stuff you know I, I go there once a week they 're hanging out you know about four times a week it 's called common good uh, it 's a pretty pretty awesome group of people But almost becomes like a family but there there is kind of programming um and today it, we we're writing raps lyrics uh you know writing songs, and you know I come from the days of uh, you know Kanye West and you know College Dropout and Jay-Z's Black Album and you know that that was my jam back in the day and these kids were like writing trap music and they introduced me to Amigos and you know I've heard a little Yachty before uh, but I mean <laughs> that's, that's terrible man <laughs> it's ter- I'm sorry I'm I know I know they're popular and 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 I don't want to disrespect you Jared for your taste in music that's um, quite all right but yeah that's man right. I was I was, <laughs> I was I was just shocked. What makes it terrible? Well, I have a tough time understanding the words that they're saying. I think is is the toughest thing. It may be a trained uh, ear, like you know. When I <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> yes. when I listen to to like Lil Wayne the Carter, for example. Like I, I understand every word that that man is saying, and yeah. my wife is, is you know. She, has no clue you know the the noises that are coming out of his mouth um, <laughs> maybe that uh, that trained skill that I haven't developed yet with with trap music um so it may be an acquired taste if you will
1: yeah some some call it mumble rap you know that's that's kind of okay. a uh, uh, that that's i think if we can get into some some hip hop uh history uh i think future the rapper was was a big influence on kind of the auto-tuned mumble rap is a sound, okay. and and I know Tyler and I've talked about this before. I think we've seen it on some I don't know if you want to call it a documentary, but I know <laughs> <laughs> there was a documentary about the Future and uh, link that in the show notes, please. In the show notes, yes. <laughs> and I think some some of those people with the mumble rap style, um, you know, I don't want to get out. Of, I don't want to you know spread on uh, not evidence based hip hop information, <laughs> but. I, a lot of them like have the beat and then they just start mumbling to it, like mm-hmm. getting the syllables and the cadence right before they even like put a word on there, which yeah. is pretty interesting.
4: Yeah, and and then like <laughs> little pump too, like that that fascinates me as well. guy, guy,
1: guy, 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 guy,
4: and like the the virality of that music and and just like the message that they're uh, they're spreading. And the popularity of it. I mean, it—it's it, just fascinating to me of how something like that, that can spread.
1: So you have a problem with suggesting that your bitch does cocaine? That—that <laughs> <laughs> uh, that somehow not line up with the old
4: is not equal uh, weak, correct? Mentality? <laughs> yeah, I'm not—I'm not a fan of that. I mean, I, I did kind of nod my head a little bit when that comes on, but—but but yeah, man. That, and that's the thing, like especially for me, like the word—words matter, and the meaning behind uh, those words matter tremendously. And, and that's—I I love hip hop. Uh, Like, I love Common, I love Propaganda, Uh, my boy Taylor Gray up in Columbus, like these people that put their heart and soul into these words, like, I'll rock that all day long, but uh, yeah, just like, you know, demeaning women, uh, you know, just really like proliferating that drug culture, Uh, like, yeah, I'm not a fan of that. And that's kind of what we were doing in the after school program was like breaking down some of these lyrics, like, all right, what does that really mean? Uh, What is he really saying? And how do you think that person feels? Just to really bring you know that true meaning to it, and get them to look beyond you know like oh that's that's a like that's a good beat you know I can I like that music it sounds good uh, but to really get them to think like what does that actually mean? And that's what that's what really troubles me with these young bloods nowadays.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's <laughs> tough too because there's a lot of great
4: beats out there. Yeah, yeah, that, that's so true.
1: But that and that's I think we can tie in a lot about that to our primarily physical therapy based audience with pain science. And with words matter. And when you're talking to an elderly or even even that word, right, we're talking to an older adult, um, we can get into like is elderly even an appropriate word and the connotations and emotion behind that. When you're Mm -hmm. talking to an older person and you use words like weak or, you know, you'll never feel this way again. Mm -hmm. So and I'm sure I'm so how much do, do words matter when you're talking to
4: the geriatric population? Yeah, I mean, they, they matter tremendously. I mean, even even in the context of, you know, someone that's not not older, our words matter tremendously, like, you know, with what we know about pain science, and I'm sure you all talked about that a bunch on, you know, on this podcast. But with older adults, they have so many uh, messages coming to them from society, uh, even from healthcare professionals of, you know, the, that they are, you know, potentially weak, uh, that they are slow, that they're frail. Uh, that they're fragile um, and just all these kind of uh, negative words and connotations that they, they can really embrace that identity, uh, which actually has an impact on their quality of life, on how they live their days, on what they do or don't do throughout their day. Uh, you know, if there's some type of fear involved. Um, so those those terms do matter. And, but it's not just coming from outside, you know, a lot of people perceive aging to be, uh, you know, just inevitable weakness in this inevitable decline that you have no control over. And even that, you know, self-perception has an impact on, you know, on quality of life. Um, And and I I guess the term that, that, that really packages all that up to me or for me is ageism. Uh, So just kind of stereotyping or um, yeah, just kind of discrimination based on age, young or old, but, you know, predominantly we see that, uh, you know, with individuals that, that are older. So ageism is, is a big issue and that can be at kind of the root or the heart of a lot of the, the words or language that, that we do use with older adults that may not be doing them a lot of good or doing us a lot of good and trying to, to help these people. Gucci gang, Gucci gang. I'm with Gucci gang. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot.
2: So Dustin, how do you go about kind of helping to reverse that belief system in older adults? Because I think a lot of times those, Beliefs get really deeply ingrained, and it's hard to reverse them. I work in a skilled nursing facility, and I feel like I'm constantly trying to convince people to participate in exercise and in physical therapy. So, what are some of your strategies to helping them get on board?
4: Yeah, I mean that that's that's a very challenging situation. Um, I think that where I always start is just you know with what I can control, and that's you know myself, you know what ideas am I uh, spreading you know how am I influencing you know my patients and my peers what words am I using uh, you know am I being encouraging or in you know striking fear into, to patients um, so I, yeah I, I'm very selective in what what I say to my patients um, but then also you know just uh, I like the term uh, becoming a hope dealer so dealing hope far and wide and just showing people uh, that there is opportunity to adapt to change to improve. Um, Whether that is our ability to show our patients that through something like, you know, functional outcome measures. So, you know, you in the skilled nursing facility, you know, you have to do, you know, a lot of those outcome measures. I'm sure like a timed up and go or a bird balance uh, test or maybe a a SPPB or short uh, performance physical battery test. Just some of these functional outcome measures that are, you know, pretty common in in the geriatric sphere uh, that we can, you know, do that at evaluation, do it at our reassessment. Um, and typically, you know, we're going to see a pretty significant change. And, and often, you know, or at least from what I've seen, we don't always celebrate that change, but that's a big deal. I mean, so many people, you know, can improve four to five seconds on their timed up and go, for example. I mean, that's statistically significant, but that's a big deal for people to to be able to show improvement in, in a relatively short period of time, uh, you know, is, is often the case. I feel like we need to celebrate that and and that can spread hope. That can change people's perception that they can change, that they can adapt, uh, that they can improve. So I, I definitely celebrate wins, improvements, victories, uh, and then also just kind of challenge my peers, uh, share resources, whether it's on social media, email them, you know, to to different colleagues, or just have these different discussions, uh, you know, where we can try and break uh, some of this ageist, you know, sentiment, uh, but trying to influence you know, the people around us. So that, that's kind of how I think about it. If that all made sense. But I think I can definitely say I always start with myself because I can, I can't control that.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go a little bit nerdy on you. Uh, can you kind of run through, uh, and I apologize if some people know about, it, but the first time I'd ever heard of, I'm going to torture it, like the SPBV, the, the three tests, um, where you do the three. I think that that's such a good thing because you get three good outcomes. Can you kind of break that down for people who might not have ever heard of that?
4: Yeah, so and we'll we'll put a link to the show notes uh, for that, but it it's a very uh, simple and quick test, and you don't need hardly any equipment. So there's a balance component, uh, there's a sit-to-stand component, and then there's kind of a gate speed component. And so the there's three different uh, balance components uh, positions that you're checking. So, you know, feet together, just standing there, feet together. Can they hold that for 10 seconds? Boom. All right. Put one foot or a semi tandem stance. So, one foot out in front. You know, can they hold that for 10 seconds? Boom. And then uh, you do kind of the, the full tandem stance. So, one foot in front of the other, 10 seconds. Can they do that? All right. And they've got a grading system. Uh, there's even an app that was developed by a physical therapist, uh, Rachel Walton Mao, in Grady Hospital in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, that I'll, I can, you know, send y'all a link to that as well. Um, that you can grade these based on the time. So you, you run run them through those balance tests, super quick, uh, and then you know you go to a five time sit to stand test. So can they, uh, or how quick can they stand up and sit down five times in a row without using their hands uh, from a standard height, uh, a chair, and then you you do a gate speed. And you know I've seen somewhere between the gate speed between for. Uh, distance of 13 feet or 10 feet. Um, but you want to get that feet per second uh, speed and then you just grade that based on, um, this, the scoring, and then you can get an idea of you know, kind of their, their functional capacity in that moment. And the, the research is, is becoming much more robust in terms of that, that predictive value in terms of a fall or someone's, you know, independence in the community. Uh, they can give you a lot of good information, and it's a very quick test. It's very practical for many settings, uh, which is why, you know, a lot of people are, are starting to use it more and more.
1: You know who else is from Georgia?
4: Who Atlanta, else? Georgia? Oh, Lil, are you going to say Lil Yachty? Is oh, he Migos. Funny? Migos. Migos. Whatever, man. <laughs> Culture. Whatever. Y- y'all are dead to me. Oh, cu- <laughs> <laughs> Do you like the beats, though? Yeah, yeah, but that's like for me. The beat is like ten percent of the music. Wow! I want those words, man. Those words hit hard. You, you and
1: Derek Miles would. We need to get you and Derek Miles on because y'all are saying the same thing, and I'm over here like, what the beat though? <laughs> yeah, they're talking about horrible, stupid things, and most of it is mumbles, but it's got a good, catchy beat.
4: Yeah, I guess it depends on where, where I'm at, though. Like, if, if you're out at an establishment late at night where you may be uh, listening uh, to some music and, and dancing with a, with a fine young lady. Like Bourbon uh, Street, perhaps. Like, like Bourbon Street, then yeah, the lyrics don't matter as much and the beat is king. But yeah, I'm, I'm hardly ever in those environments. So it's all about the words now. <laughs> <laughs> so who's, who's, who's your favorite rapper right now? Ah, right now, um, Taylor Gray. No one knows about him. He's out of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, He was he lived in the neighborhood I used to live in. Uh, He's on he's on Spotify, but you can you can look him up. But he's the kind of guy where I mean, you just got to play a song on repeat over and over and over again to, you know, really get to the depth of what what he's talking about. And he talks about some tough stuff like, uh, you know, his wife, you know, trying to get pregnant and you know having challenges with that or having a miscarriage or uh, struggles with addiction and, and some of these types of things and he's just he's just raw man and I really I really enjoy listening to that hell yeah Ooh, and definitely. Macklemore Macklemore gets me going too yes hell yeah
1: I love Macklemore yeah oop there's my dog drinking some water yeah <laughs> <laughs> This is a professional podcast, ladies and gentlemen. There's editing, man. There's a there editing. editing. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. We can say whatever we want, guys. Mm-hmm. Trace, are you asleep?
3: No, I'm still here.
1: Good, good, I my man.
3: Book up some little yachty stuff that I because I know nothing <laughs> about little yachty. So,
1: oh my don't. god, this Stop. this stop. Continue, Dave. continue. <laughs>
3: I actually was listening to some Gary V on the way home, and he introduced me to Russ me, you. Yeah, you any any knowledge on that? Yeah, Russ. That. Mm-mm. Yeah, I was impressed with that right off the bat. Like, listened to it on the way home, so, I'm have to listen to some more of the stuff.
1: Yeah, I believe Russ is also from
4: the Georgia area.
3: Yeah, I think you're right.
1: See,
4: Joe, Joe just popping, Dustin. Man, a local uh, legend, Jack Harlow just moved to Atlanta to uh to start his career cool atlanta atlanta is
1: popping for hip-hop artists for sure yeah cool do you think
0: that like in the the elderly you know or the older setting that they would respond better to some migos when in, in the clinic or like you know in the home therapy you think if you started. <laughs> banging that during treatment like
4: you'd get some better outcomes <laughs> yeah uh I, I i have not tried um but i mean that does bring up a good point in terms of incorporating uh, music into sessions uh that that is a huge uh factor that we can definitely leverage so but you know we want to be patient-centered obviously it's so like what do they like and every single one of my patients just happens to love james brown for some reason which which makes <laughs> happy man Um, but yeah and especially I would say that that's probably one of the most powerful tools especially like in the in the sniff setting or if you're working with someone uh, that has some type of cognitive impairment uh, you know dementia Alzheimer's or just mild cognitive impairment that music can really bring out you know the personality in someone can even impact their movement I don't know if you all saw it was a it was a video that, that went viral on Facebook that sometime this year where it was a physical therapist was doing gait training with this individual that had Parkinson's disease. And then they started playing, I forget what it was, but just some good oldies and the gait speed increased, the fluidity of the, of the movement increased. And just the, the, the whole quality of that gait pattern, uh, improved significantly just based on music alone. So, I I mean, I don't know if Migos would do that. Uh, James Brown certainly does, uh, some Jackson five, um, but, yeah, I don't know about Migos.
3: Yeah. Okay, we have a guy that listens to uh, Michael Jackson in clinic, and he gets down when he starts listening to it.
4: Heck,
1: yeah, man.
3: That's beautiful.
1: I know we, there was a documentary. I don't know if you saw it on a – I forget what sure. it's called, The Sound of Music or something, and, and it it documented just the power that music can have on, on this older adult population.
4: Yeah, uh, Alive Inside was yeah. that.
0: Yeah, I've seen that.
4: That's a solid movie.
0: You're like trying not to cry, watching mm-hmm. that.
4: Yeah, it's a beautiful story.
0: So, anybody got a question? Because mine's not incredible.
1: Fire, fire away. See what happens.
0: Papa. <laughs> so, talk to us a little bit about um, the variance and and you know age. That whole like age is relative, you know. And talk to me a little bit about like what you think about the huge variance and abilities as as you know people kind of progress in age and is there any way it, do you think that's just part of the natural cycle of life that it'll start to vary or do you think that's something that's happening culturally or is it good is it bad what do you think about that
4: that's a good question i i've never thought about it from that angle uh mostly just observed it and haven't thought much about is this a good thing is this a bad thing i guess you could say it's not necessarily a good thing if it's you know if we're seeing in terms of you know the functional levels of people are more on the low end you know that that is obviously a bad thing um but i do i do find it very interesting um but i feel like many clinicians don't necessarily uh acknowledge the variance that we see in people based on their age Uh, You know, when you look at some of the normative, you know, data for some of the functional outcome measures, I mean, the scores are just kind of all over the place in terms of, you know, norms, trying to get a norm. Because what is normal for an 80-some-year-old or 90-some-year-old, someone that's been through, you know, so much in their life, so many different injuries, so many different occupations, uh, so many different, you know, lifestyle habits, all these different things that make up this person. Excuse me. That we do see, you know, tremendous variability, but you, you still see so many clinicians treating uh, individuals based on their age, not on what they can actually do. And so I feel like that really emphasizes for us the responsibility to assess people, uh, actually see how they're moving, how they're performing, and not just assuming based on their birth date, uh, which can be very easy uh, for a lot of us. I know, you know, when I was, especially when I was doing acute care, doing a lot of chart reviews, trying to see someone. Uh, you know, with the I didn't have much prep time. I'd go straight to their birthday, their height, and their weight, <laughs> and and I, it's like I formed half my ple- my treatment plan before I even walked into the door. Mm. Uh, and yeah, we mm. can't we can't do that. We have to assess people. Uh, I know. On- I know what this
1: guy needs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this guy, he just probably needs to sit up a couple times. <laughs> that will call it a day.
4: Yeah, it'd be good.
0: Uh,
1: so for for those
0: people that, that, you know, they, they know, you know, who you are, you see that <laughs> 38 on the, on the, you know, chart or whatever, and you, you, you kind of scoff. Yeah. Um, ugh, you uh. know? What, what is it that those people <laughs> are overlooking about, you know, what is it that the older population is, is bringing to the table that, you know, that, 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 that those people are overlooking and they don't quite see.
4: Mm. I mean, I'd say a lot, honestly. I mean, strength, for example. I mean, y'all had Scotty Butcher on, you know, the Mr. Strength Rebel himself. Uh, You know, I I love the work that he's doing. He talks a lot about strength and actually assessing, you know, someone's strength level, you know, through an actual, you know, one rep max or sub max uh, or sub rep max, sub max rep test, (laughs) Um, or even, you know, doing something like the OmniRest, like uh, assessing strength, uh, getting a baseline and not overlooking that. I mean, that's so common. Uh, someone's, you know, cardiovascular fitness. It's like how, how can they actually do with sustained activity with something like a two- or six-minute walk test? You know, we, we make many assumptions and don't actually test people. But then even individual, you know, deficits. You know, so many older adults, so one of the big issues uh, is that can impact their, uh, their balance is, you know, do they have any limitations in ankle dorsiflexion? Uh, So if that's an issue, I mean, that that's something that we can, you know, definitely improve upon uh, to improve their balance capacity and hopefully, you know, prevent a fall. Um, So I I think the strength, cardiovascular fitness and then those kind of those individual deficits that can impact how people move. We often kind of just glaze over um, and just don't really get to the details uh, of kind of our assessment we make a lot of assumptions based on that and then try and make a plan of care based on sloppy information. And, you know, just goes down the drain from there. So you're saying give them ankle pumps all day, every day. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Grandma Jenkins. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that was a big point that we, we talked about in the, the CSM presentation I did with Christina Previtt, how, just what, what an assessment looks like for so many people out in the field to where we, you know, we go through, we take these objective measures, uh, you know, we, you know, get their, their pain levels. We, you know, we talk to them for 15, 20 minutes, you know, if, if you have enough time uh, and we gather all this information. A lot of it is helpful information and useful information that can inform our plans of care. But what do we do? We go from that information and say three sets of 10 ankle pumps, quads. Oh. Let's get after it. We may add some theraband next week if you're crushing it. You know, like that's there, there's there's such a big disconnect between that assessment and then actually prescribing, you know, the our, the exercise and our plan of care appropriately.
1: Hey, if you're really good, you get the red
4: theraband, and then we'll you oh, know we'll go to blue, wow. and then wow, <laughs>
1: easy. You're a baller. Look at you going up to the red therapy. Yeah. <laughs> and then um and Trace was actually you were present during uh christina and dustin's uh, csm lecture right
3: oh shit i was i oh, saw sorry, my favorite man. lecture of the entire conference
4: oh but, you're just saying that
3: nah that was the one that kept me awake the entire time because i was coming <laughs> from hell travel to get down there and oh. yeah you and what did you say the girl's name was christina yeah, she was jacked and kind of terrified me, so I felt like I got to to sleep. she might come out and just whip me right there.
4: So. Uh, I, I cannot wait to tell her you said that. Well, yep. she, uh, yeah, she's a beast, man. I mean, she just uh, competed in an ollie lifting competition uh, and got first place in her weight class. Yes. Yada. Uh, but yeah, man, she's a beast. She would, you know, she'd put me to shame if I ever touch a barbell. I, I haven't spent much time underneath <laughs> the barbell, but. Huge, huge shout out to Christina, and if you follow her on Instagram, you would know how much of a beast she is. Yeah, she's amazing. I really look
1: up to her. We gotta have her on some time, show. Sure. Trace what start her
2: own movement, woman not weak.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, she it. She definitely is. I mean, it's it's really cool to see. Yeah, just her influence of just sharing what she's doing, and and it's not like. You know, it's it does when I look at it, it doesn't come across as, as like too boastful and like trying to self promote or anything like that. Like, like she, Migos would be. Like Migos <laughs> and Lil Yachty and just every single, you know, trap rapper, you know, all of them blanket statements. That's not wise to do. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but yeah, she's just sharing like her journey, her training, what she did that day, her successes, her failures, uh, how she felt and just putting that out there on the internet, you know, influences people. And yeah, definitely, you know, women, but people like me, I mean, it's like, man, I need to be getting on a barbell. I need to stop running so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She's awesome. Sweet. With that, with that general
1: overgeneralization statement of, uh, of mumble rap and trap music, I almost want to come out with a campaign of like mumble rap does not equal garbage. Do <laughs> Just, uh, Please do. Please
4: do. Prove me wrong.
1: Oh, that's going to be a tough one. No. I'll need a randomized controlled trial.
3: <laughs> if
1: I can prove to you that, that mumble rap improves timed up and go time.
4: Compared to Big Bang swinging <laughs> music. All right, there we go. That we could get some funding for that, man. <laughs> Only from Migos. This right, right. A, <laughs> this is a Migos funded research study.
1: I love it. We'll list that. We'll list that in our, uh, our. Um, ah, I forgot the word. We'll edit that out here. <laughs> What's the word? <laughs> not not contradictions, but any biases towards the uh research
4: oh yeah don't edit that please <laughs> <laughs> how many how many podcasts are you editing and running right now dustin i'm i'm kind of hands off now so i'm yes, i'll do baby. the pt on ice and that's every other week and then my goal is to not have to do like interviews yeah. like i'll do a random one every once in a while but that I've got, um, I got two girls, Aaron and Tolly, doing their own segment on Mondays. And then, uh, these are all people that are kind of in, they were in like the SRP community that were really active. And so we've got like rotating segments on Wednesdays and then Friday, I just re rebroadcast the PT on ice episodes that Christina and I do. Very cool. So, yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going
1: to go kind of meta here. Oh shit. so in like a hundred years or so when when the body of Dustin Jones has moved on from this world (laughs) what do you want people to remember you by what's Mm. like what's like a brief summary like if somebody's giving you a 30 second eulogy Mm. they're like you know what because of Dustin, we no longer listen to mumble rap. Well, yeah, no, no. He, <laughs> <not>. <laughs> uh, he put an end to mumble rap once and for all. Man, that's all I need right there. Drop the mic. We thought he was going to be known for his work <laughs> with the older po- adult population, but it uh, turned out.
4: Yeah, that man, that's such a good question. I don't know how succinct I can be because honestly, I haven't, um, I haven't like written this down.
1: You, you mean old. you don't
4: eulogize yourself on a weekly basis? I, well, that would be a great activity, wouldn't it? You know, just to kind of think that with the in-game in mind. I don't know, um, but I'll give some context. So, I'm from West Virginia. I'm from the uh, from Huntington, West Virginia. It's historically been, you know, in terms of unhealthiest places in the country. Uh, consistently kind of in the top three or bottom three, however you want to think about it. Um, Lots of stereotypes, uh, coal country, uh, you know, just everyone inevitably shits on where I'm from. Uh, So I've, I've kind of been uh, in the midst of of people on the margins and from you know, from the get go. And I feel like I, I gravitate to those types of people that, that, are on the margins. And as life has progressed and I'm, I'm 31 now, so I I hope I've got, got a long, long way to go, but I've definitely gravitated towards the people on the margins that are older adults, which is a majority of older adults, honestly. And I think in terms of a eulogy, I, I want, I just want to be known as an advocate for those, those people, uh, a to try and give them a voice, but then to change people's perceptions of them and what they're capable of doing. Um, and just really break down the ageism that's in our culture, that's in our profession, that's in myself. Um, I guess a very succinct way to do that is is if I were to just straight up copy Tim Fox, the CEO of Fox Rehab, on his tombstone, he just says, he wants it to say, Tim Fox helped abolish ageism. Mm -hmm. And I I, I would be content Mm -hmm. with that as well. So I think meta, you know, big picture, I think that's what I'm after. I'm just using the tool of physical therapy to try and pursue that goal.
1: Gucci gang, uh, yeah.
0: Gucci gang. Gucci. <laughs> Gucci
4: gang. Anyway. Uh, that was icing on the cake.
0: Uh, all right, so I'm going to kind of play off that. So you know, we mentioned earlier that you you had a presentation at CSM, and and you've kind of dropped it a few times that you do kind of these presentations. W- what was it like, what were some of the things that you did that kind of got you that take me from the person that's just a regular physical therapist day to day to someone who is dropping content and and making presentations for people and maybe even all the way up to CSM.
4: Mm. Yeah, that's, that's been quite the journey and a very, yeah, interesting one. So I think, Starting off, it was um, it was born out of kind of a desperation, <laughs> honestly. So, I, w- I was doing outpatient. I was kind of the you know the the fitness sports guy. I had my ATC or certified athletic trainer. I had my CSCS, uh, so the certified uh, strength and conditioning specialist. So at in the PT degree, so I had all those things like I'm I'm destined for you know working with athletes. Uh, I had a good buddy that I did a rotation for that turned out to be a good friend that was you know rising the ranks of of the LA Lakers, and I was you know trying to follow his footsteps, and that was kind of my path. And then I ended up uh, getting fired from an outpatient job in West Virginia, and then you know had to take a travel job. Uh, In a sniff, and you you can imagine someone that thinks they're going to kind of rise this ladder in the sports PT world, uh, you know, that gets fired from their job and then they end up at a skilled nursing facility in the middle of nowhere, West Virginia. Like you you have, you have a bit of an identity crisis. (laughs) Uh, You know what? What the hell am I doing? What did I do wrong? You know, I'm an absolute failure. Uh, And that was a very difficult transition period, but it exposed me to this population that I, you know, really, really enjoy working with and want to be an advocate for. Um, And so that got me interested in geriatrics. And so from there, uh, you know, I was kind of following my wife with she was in medical school and in residency. And I was just kind of following her as you know, she was completing her training, and I ended up in a home health position, which, you know, still kind of weary about I didn't, you know, I wasn't too pumped about it. But I was doing some fitness stuff on the side. And, you know, I was kind of an aspiring Kelly Starrett or a Mitch Babcock, if you will, back then. And and I started to fall in love with home health, but I had no clue what I was doing. I was winging it every single day, faking it till I made it. I mean, that was my my motto. But when I went to turn to the internet, uh, which was my best friend when I was mainly with athletes uh, and, and kind of, you know, in that sports realm, There, there was hardly anything at that time related to geriatrics, you know, in terms of a blog podcasting was around, but not really a thing yet. I think, you know, Gene Chirac Abroad, Therapy Insiders may have been the only podcast back then. There just wasn't anything out there talking about, you know, how can we better serve older adults? And at that time, uh, I was, I was listening to a, it was a personal finance podcast of all things. But I was witnessing how he was leveraging a podcast as a tool to learn. So he was interviewing all these different types of people. Uh, and he was just kind of like the audience. So he was learning right alongside them. And, and he would, you would see that he was starting to connect with these different types of people. And he was uh, gaining more knowledge along the way. And he would encourage his listeners to do the same. You know, Whatever profession that you're in, start a podcast, start a podcast, start a podcast. Uh, you'll gain more than anyone. And then, so I was like, all right, you know, I'm I'm curious. I need to know uh, how to serve these patients better. I didn't have a great support system at my job. Uh, I couldn't find any blogs. So I was like, all right, let's do this. So started a podcast and then started talking to people. And uh, it was, it, yeah, I was just trying to learn, honestly. And so as that goes, you know, I'm I still view myself as a student. But you start to form an opinion, you get you, you hear perspectives from different types of people, you gather all this information. And for me, I have, I mean, just reflecting on it, you know, I've got hundreds of hours of conversations with thought leaders in our in our field and, and you start to get some valuable experience out, uh, you know, with your with your work. And that's where, you know, I may start to start to share some of my perspective on things or, you know, start to dive into the research a little bit. And that's when I came across Christina Previtt, when I was starting to share my perspective. So Christina uh, was very helpful for me because she nudged me to say, hey, like, you've got a voice, you know, there's not a lot of people talking about geriatrics or home health. You know, you need to be more vocal. You need to share what you think about things or how you utilize some of these techniques. Uh, you know, with your patients, how you you know use a kettlebell to do a goblet squat or a loaded carry or you know work on floor transfers with people. Just some of these things uh, that I you know I wasn't necessarily sharing that much, and she just encouraged me. You know, you start sharing this stuff. If you hold it, you know, to yourself, you know, you're doing your whole profession and yourself a disservice, and that kind of pushed me over the edge to say, all right. Let's start talking about this stuff. Let's put it out there. Uh, not just from Dustin, the curious guy that's interviewing people, uh, but from someone trying to just push the needle forward in terms of the content that's out there, uh, you know, focused on, on geriatrics. That was a very long-winded answer and I apologize, but I felt I, felt I had to give some context to that because it's, it's been an interesting journey for me, for sure. That was beautiful. Beautiful yeah and on and and here's another thing too, I mean y'all can speak to this just doing your podcast and talking to people like y'all y'all gain the most from anybody listening you know, like you you know you all have had some, some epic uh guests on here that you get to talk to them and and the same I would say the same goes for when you start to create content uh you know like you know we're doing a course with the Institute of Clinical Excellence, it's called Modern Management of the older Adult, and that was super intimidating for me if I'm going to be honest, like who am I? You know, the home health clinician, uh, you know, I don't have a bunch of letters behind my name. Uh, Like, who am I to teach this course? Um, But, you know, other people are super encouraging, people I respect. And then you go through that process that is very uncomfortable, uh, very nerve-wracking. You're always questioning yourself. But on the back end, my gosh, like, I learned a ton by putting a course together. And you present that, and, and people really... You really enjoy it and and they change how they practice and how they perceive, you know, their older adult patients, excuse me, and it's super fulfilling, but it's a terribly uncomfortable uh, situation, but it brings a lot of fruit on the back end for sure.
1: And would you say it's that uncomfortability Mm -hmm. that leads to that growth and that, that learning opportunity?
4: For sure. And I, I, I definitely push back against that. And that, I mean, that's almost the exact quote that, that Christina, you know, told me, She's like, if you just keep trying to be comfortable, you know, you're not, you're not going to progress. You're just going to be static. Uh, but you need to, you know, just that classic line, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Uh, and she, I mean, she's the one that definitely nudged me to, you know, kind of, you know, put myself out there in in that way, but yeah, terribly uncomfortable. But now I look for that. Like, you know, if an opportunity arises or if I have an idea uh, if it makes me uncomfortable and, you know, it's you know, a relatively wise decision, <laughs> um, then, you know, I should probably pursue it. And it's, that's kind of how I've been thinking lately.
1: Yeah, not like Bourbon Street
4: uncomfortable. Like, yeah, that, that <laughs> my body can't take another one of those. I lost five years off my life. Uh, yeah. But you'll, you'll get it back through some kettlebell work. So it'll be good. Exactly.
1: I hope so. Culture. <laughs> Alia, what, what is going <laughs> yeah. on up there in Chicago?
2: Not too much.
1: Are you bumping some Chief Keef? Some Some chance? What? Okay, so apparently nobody's
2: getting
4: on chance. I'll get down with chance. Everybody loves chance. What about Lupe?
2: Everybody loves chance. That is true. Everyone's always talking about chance up here.
1: And Lupe Fiasco is like the underdog of hip hop. I bought a skateboard because of Lupe Fiasco. Yes.
2: Kick. 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 Kick.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I used it twice. Yeah, the a boy.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to think of like, I'm like desperately trying to think of lines from kick push right now.
4: I can't either. Uh, you can edit those back in though.
1: Yeah. I, oh,
4: just wait, just wait <laughs> until you hear the
1: edited version. <laughs> uh,
4: My
2: rap hip hop knowledge goes to like the early 2000s. So all I got to say is ludicrous forever.
4: Oh, but, shoot! Uh, that, that Atlanta connection though.
2: Is that right. Yeah. Luda. Luda.
1: All right. Hit him with a question, Alia.
2: Yeah. Well, I just want to say thank you for sharing your story. I mean, it's not easy to talk about tough times like being fired. I mean, especially as being the new grad that I am, we're trying we're trying to go for, or at least for me, I think about being perfect, and that's that's a hard thing to deal with as a new grad because you don't know everything like you're not going to be perfect so i really appreciate you talking about faking it till you make it i mm. think that's super important um and by the way i love your picture on the senior rehab project website are you making that goofy face
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh what are you which which uh, goofy face are you're referring to some would say it's a normal face um
2: well, you, you're like huh. raising one eyebrow kind of.
4: Oh yeah. That's yeah. That, that, that is my goofy face. But yeah, I, I'm <laughs> glad you appreciate that. Some, some may not, um, but I'm glad you do.
2: Yeah. Well, I think, I think fun is what PT needs because like exercise doing three sets of 10 or whatever it may be is not always fun. So I think it's important to make it fun Mm-hmm. And on that note, I'm wondering besides music, what other kinds of things you do to make sessions fun for your patients.
4: Yeah, good segue. Man, that's impressive. <laughs> that's impressive. Yeah, so so music is an, is an obvious one. Um but I think just the the overarching principle um that I mean, you could apply this to any setting and population for sure. Uh But especially for me, mainly working with older adults in a home health setting uh, is you know we have to get to kind of the heart of the of the patient what are their desires, what are their goals, what do they want to be able to do um what what makes them happy uh and, you know something like the question of you know what does a good day look like, and just let them answer that. Like, what does a good day look like? Make them reflect. And oftentimes they may forget what a good day may look like if they have been struggling with something for, you know, years or decades. You know, we may have to do some digging and prying to kind of break, bring that out of them. Um, But yeah, I try to get that answer. What does a good day look like? And then try and shape the interventions around achieving that good day. So for some people, you know, that may be, you know, be able to, you know, walk around my neighborhood. Uh, you know, and so we'll try and incorporate that patient centered goal, uh, you know, into how we do, you know, those types of interventions and maybe trying, you know, I want to be able to pick up my grandkid. All right, well, let's do some deadlifts. Let's do some squats, you know, let's lift some heavy weight. But for some people, it may just be, you know, be able to hold a book and read while they lay in bed all day. Cause they can't, you know, really get out of bed. And there's, you know, mm-hmm. it's very unlikely that they can't get out of bed. So, and I, and you come across all the time, don't you? And the sniff. Um, oh but, yeah yeah that may be their goal and that's okay and so whatever whatever we do uh just feel like we you know we need to tie it to you know their desires and their hopes and you know kind of that that question for me is you know what does a good day look like
2: that is an awesome question yeah
4: yeah it's it's awesome if you're in home health or sniff and you've got plenty of time. It's a terrible question if you're an outpatient and you have four patients an hour. Like <laughs> that, that, yeah. that can be changing, <laughs> open up a can of worms that may you know get you behind not
2: your schedule. right, right,
4: uh, which sucks. Like I hate that. Um, but that doesn't mean you know, we shouldn't try and you know get to know our patients better and get to know uh, know them. But I, I you know I definitely do sympathize with some of those people that you know may not have the capacity or time to ask those open-ended questions right hell yeah
1: any any other last questions because I've just I've got one little little game that I want to play with Dustin and then
3: uh
1: we can wrap it up so I don't I don't want to hog the mic
3: I got a quick one uh, so Dustin, at CSM, did they let you know beforehand that your session was going to be book standing room only and have overflow? Or did you just kind of, did you have any idea how big your session was going to be at CSM?
4: Uh, Well, we had a clue because we, I did uh, an old, not weak talk last year with Karen Litzy, uh with the Healthy, Wealthy, Smart podcast. um, And that was, that, was, uh, that may I can't remember if the room was bigger. We didn't get like a number, but that was, that was bonkers last year. I mean, it was like 550 people. Um, Oh man. And that, yeah, it was, it was pretty similar. You know, seats were full, standing room only, overflow was full. And that was kind of surreal. That was kind of, for me, that was that, that old shit moment. Like we got something here. People are listening to us. Um, You know, we've got, we've got a good thing going. And, and so going into this year, uh, I, I mean, I didn't, I don't want to say like I I would have been disappointed if that didn't happen, but I was expecting that um, just because we had another year under our belt of having these conversations. I could tell, like, even from our podcast, we, we've we been growing consistently. The community around the senior rehab project was growing. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm interacting a lot more with students and new grads. So I, I saw growth and, you know, definitely. uh, I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to be like humble about it, but realistic. Like, it's like, yeah, we kind of were expecting it to be full. I I didn't expect people to be sitting on the floor again, (laughs) like, like we did. Um, But I'll tell you what, man, I mean, especially like y'all, y'all do podcasts, y'all know, you know, it can get kind of lonely talking into the microphone. uh, And, you know, especially if you do it long enough, you're like, all right, is anyone even listening? Do they even care? Like, why am I doing this? Kind of go into these ex- existential questions. There's, There's
0: nothing there. there.
4: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but something like CSM <laughs> and, and for me, the crazy moment was um, a to see the room packed. But we, we made it very interactive. We asked questions to the audience. We, um, you know, we, we allowed for comments and it was, it was a very interactive session. I could call out by name over half of the people that that raised their hand or had a comment, and that to me was was absolutely amazing to think about kind of this community that's forming around, you know, this message of old does not equal weak, uh, you know, that we're, we're working together as a group of motivated rehab clinicians to change the face of geriatric rehab, and that was a super powerful moment for me, and I, I felt like it was a powerful moment for a lot of people in that room to really see that this, this is a community uh, of people and we can, you know, lock shields and really move the needle forward in terms of, you know, advancing geriatric PT. Gucci. Uh, you game. guys have anything in the works for
3: <laughs> next year?
4: Yeah. Um, the, the man, they put the deadline like less than a month after, after CSM's over. So deadlines, you know, in a, I mean, shoot, less than a week. Uh, Christine yes. and I, we've been emailing back and forth today. So yeah, we're going to submit. I mean, it doesn't promise that we'll get accepted by any means, but we'll, we'll do our best. So I'll be there for sure in some capacity. So
1: yeah. And if you're not accepted, then you're just doing your own damn thing.
4: Yeah, for real. I'll just walk around all buff and swole. Like Jared Aguilar. That's right. <laughs> my, my sleeves in half bumping. Hey, I, got me a I got a microphone. Hey. <laughs> 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 go right now do this <laughs> oh man it'll Tracy be in D- D.C. Out. right cool to, to know that you're in there it was cool
1: I would have been there man if, if I wasn't on clinicals man Tyler and I would have and, and Ollie I'm sure we would all have been there if we were there in time man awesome Faux show.
0: alright Jared let's hear your little game Dr. Evil <laughs>
4: I, I hear some skepticism amongst your, your co hosts here. They never believe in me.
1: <laughs> so there's two ways we can do this. <laughs> the easy way? <laughs> the easy way? Or the not so easy way. Uh no, it's gonna be the music way or the a cappella way. We're mm. gonna we're gonna see how much we remember from uh from kick push.
0: Oh, yeah, I pulled up the lyrics earlier. Actually,
1: oh no!
0: Sorry. <laughs> you're like, is it a line in the song? All
1: right, do you, Dustin, do you have the lyrics up currently? Because if not, don't pull them up, please. Don't do it. Oh to, man, hold, hold I back. Don't have anything. Let me. I'm, I'm no, hold. don't. No, we're, we're going to go it. from memory. Okay. If you're if you're down, so right. we could we could we could see how much you remember from Kick Push. Um, cause you said it was one of your favorite Lupe
4: tracks, right? I mean, Lupe, Lupe was not a very influential person, but he made me buy a skateboard. <laughs> That's pretty influential. <laughs> <laughs> Just from okay. this song? Yeah, because that video, man. Yeah. That video was, was on point.
2: And did that skateboard change your life?
4: No, I, I rode it twice, and then I think my mom <laughs> revealed it within a matter of days. So it, it was a very short stint for me.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You, you just hop in, whatever, Dustin.
3: Right. <laughs>
4: mm.
0: mm-hmm. It's like karaoke without. Yeah. <laughs> oh
2: man. Man,
4: a good old stuff, dude. <laughs>
1: That's the instrumental. Oh! Wow. oh <laughs> first got it when he was six. Didn't know any tricks. Matter of fact, first time he got on it, he slipped, landed on his hip, and busted his lip. For a week, he had to talk with a list like this. You
4: gotta keep going. I was waiting for Dustin to pick up. I don't man. have the lyrics. <laughs> Hot bars. Um, yeah. They're beautiful. My, my, uh, some would say my shit's weak.
1: No, mm-hmm. your shit's not weak. Your shit is old is not equal weak, man. Your kick, shit does not equal weak. Kick, push, kick, push. Now we can end the story right here. Hmm. Yeah. T-
0: time out, Jared. Are you reading the lyrics or are you going off memory there?
1: No, I was reading the lyrics there.
0: Oh, come on now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm not going to at least let them go off. Like, I mean, even rappers, like, it's Sway in the morning. They pull their phone out and shit. Like, they're, <laughs> they're allowed to go to the phone.
4: Okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, y'all. Oh, that's terrible, man. Now, you, uh, you'll you just have to I – mean, you may have to get permission. I don't know. Just, like, get that beat going and let Lupe take us out to the sunset. Yeah. It's a beautiful song.
0: If Method Man can go to the phone, anybody can go to the phone chair.
4: <laughs> sorry, sorry, Dustin. I don't care, man. I don't care. I've had worse things happen to me <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Than not call, being able to not being able to Bourbon freestyle Street. on Dude. a podcast, and it all happened on Bourbon Street. Oh sure. no! <laughs> Talk yeah.
0: to me about your top five failures, including <laughs> not knowing the lyrics to "Kick Butt." <laughs> <laughs> And that's why,
1: that's why your
4: CSM presentation got rejected. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Failure. Man, that, that stopped getting fired from my outpatient job. <laughs> I dude, bet it did. I just
0: man, that was a serious story though. For real, man. Like that's a real, that's, that's, I had no idea. That's crazy, dude.
4: Yeah, it, it shook me up, man. I, I. It was, it was a tough time. Um, relationally too, because my, She was my girl, my wife now, but my girlfriend back then. We were going through a tough time, and then I got that news, and it was like, Yeah, it's like your world, you know, is crumbling apart. It's kind of like a quarter life crisis. I believe Um, it. But yeah, man. And that's where, like, yeah, you never have a clue where things are going to take you. Because if you would have told me that now I'm doing home health and I'm like proud of it and enjoy it. I would have said you were freaking nuts. Like that is the absolute last thing that was on my radar at that time. Um, but man, things change in a pretty, pretty profound way in a pretty short period of time. It's beautiful, man. Crazy. I mean, And by next
1: year you might be in the little boat. So, I mean, <laughs> people change, people mature. <laughs> people mature. <laughs>
4: All right. So what I want, I want like, like a a duck legs, like curated, like mumble rap mix. Yes. Yes. That just put me on onto that. And then I'm going to, you know, just, you know, play it, consume it. And and I'm going to print out the lyrics and I'm going to read the lyrics. Yes. And then I'll get back to you.
1: Yeah, man. We'll, we'll (laughs) definitely get that going for sure. We'll make a Spotify playlist.
3: (laughs) come up okay. with a mixtape. Just go real old school. Duck likes oh, mixtape. Yeah, send you
1: that CD. We're <laughs> gonna be like, we're gonna be like DJ drama. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it, Dustin. Thank you so
4: much for hopping on this ridiculous show with us. <laughs> oh, thank you, Dustin. It was fun. It was cool talking with y'all. I'm sorry, I probably uh, am gonna have to make y'all edit a good bit. No, we leave stuff in around here. Yeah, so we're just gonna I run that.
0: it. Fuck the people who don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's probably not good for.
2: <laughs> that's a good message to end on. That's yeah. how.
1: That's how real we are. I like oh, it. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> when
0: keeping it real goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe
4: uh, let's keep it
2: semi-real, guys. You already
4: got, you already got the E beside your podcast, right? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, you're good. Yeah, you're good. There yeah. we're safe.
1: And thank you so much, Ali, for hopping on as well and beginning your co-hosting achievements. She did awesome. Yeah,
2: thank you for having me.
4: You can you can tell fun. she's a professional. You can tell she's a professional writer. You got a you got a bright future ahead of you.
2: Well, thank you. I I hope I do.
4: Keep it up. Yep.
1: I'm going down, but everybody else is going up. So I <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> keep I keep I keep torturing people with. With instrumentals. But With
4: instrumentals. Lead, lead people off and just, just, just let them hanging off the cliff. Yeah. As, as the beat goes on. And next on. next man, time. That, beat, that, that just every single. Even, even Trace, you were smiling, man. Come on. You like that beat. I was. Yeah, I was feeling it. It, it just makes <laughs> you think of like summertime, drinking some lemonade on the porch.
1: Buying a skateboard that you don't know how to skate. <laughs> a skateboard. <laughs> It's like you know what I don't like. I don't know how to skate, but this beat is making me feel like I do. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm gonna just you hear know, this def- beat.
2: <laughs> I think skateboards are only good for two uses anyway. So you kind of you got enough life out of it.
4: I know. I know. It, it's yeah. It, I mean, it, honestly, it wasn't that great. You know, it wasn't that much fun. So. Uh, I mean, I am kind of jealous of Lupe and like Pharrell when he would ride around, but you know, I can't do it all. You know, skateboarding is just—that's like, right.
2: That's Leave it to Lupe. Exactly.
1: Wait, do you wanna? Do you wanna end this for real? Like just saying the hooks. I know you remember the hook. You can pull it up if you want, and we could just we'll just say the hook to,
4: all, together, and then we'll we'll just close the meeting. Let's, let's let's do it. Let's do it all together. I wanna get I wanna get a group.
0: You wanna get a group. It's just,
1: it's
4: like this <laughs> is make kumbaya. Yeah,
0: yeah. Jared pulls this like semi awkward, but like somehow ends up brilliantly. Like sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, God, this is so weird. Like, and it ends up, I got, some, <laughs> I got some faith that it's gonna end up okay.
1: All right, <laughs> a, that means a lot, Tyler. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it does. It
4: does.
0: <laughs> it ends up good. You're like, what the fuck? Why is Not this good? It. Why do I like this? <laughs>
4: Alright, get get us going, Jared, so we make sure we start okay. at the right moment. Alright.
1: Is is positions? Is everybody ready? Positions. I got
2: my lyric, <laughs> man. So I the hook. got up. I
1: don't know
2: where the hook starts. So
1: so he kicked.
2: <laughs> so he's got to put the okay, beat. Thank you. Oh no! Oh
1: yeah. Wait, yeah. It might. It might be more powerful acapella. No. Oh, go acapella. Got, yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. I need we, a beat, man. Man, I need a beat. All right. Let's start the beat. Let's start the beat back. I don't know exactly when the hook comes in.
0: That's what I was thinking. When does the hook come in? <laughs>
1: Kick. Whenever it feels right, y'all.
0: All right. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs>
1: So, so he kick is the start of the hook, and then we'll just finish at
4: at coast at the last at the last coast.
0: Just the Another first, kick, just yeah. the first line, or the la- or the whole hook, the whole hook. Golly, where the hook
1: gonna be?
2: <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it.
1: All right, here we go.
4: Kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, kick, push the coast, and away, roll, just, just a rebel, rebel to, roll, to the world with a, push, a place to go, push, and go. push,
2: and coast,
4: and coast, yeah, wow. yes, <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was, I
2: have was... literally never heard the song, <laughs> yeah,
4: it's, it's great,
1: it's that great. was incredibly hard to sync up, wow. welcome to podcast.
2: <laughs>
4: that's that's quite that the introduction <laughs> good thing we are physical therapists yeah and not rappers that's hard work
2: agreed
4: well all right y'all thank
1: y'all so much for hopping on and doing all that thank dumb stuff you, sir. Thank, yes sir thank y'all
2: thank it's been you. fun
3: bye y'all